Today we're going to spend a few minutes talking about making interactive videos. Our learning goal for this podcast is how do you take a traditional linear instructional video that either you made yourself or maybe you found on YouTube and turn it into an interactive video that your students engage with. We've all shown videos in class and videos can be a powerful tool for learning. They can combine content and visuals that can engage students in a way that we may not be able to say with a more traditional lecture. But just as with a lecture, students can disengage from the content for a number of reasons. Uh, first, the video or the lecture might be too long and students may not know why they're watching the video and they may not know what, if anything, they are supposed to do while they watch. I remember once I found a video that I thought was great, had great content, great presentation. Um, it was going to take the whole class and I was sure it was going to keep my students engaged. About five minutes in, I saw their faces and I thought to myself, I've made a terrible mistake. Heads started going down, students got out of their work to work on, and the rest of them were giving me looks that ranged anywhere from confusion over why they had to watch this to pleading with me to please turn it off. So clearly showing the video wasn't enough. And this was in a regular classroom setting. Just imagine what additional distractions are out there to a remote learner while they're trying to watch a video. So let's start by going over the difference between a linear video and an interactive video. A linear video promotes passive viewing. With a linear video, students push play and then they just watch. It's a listen and learn experience. By contrast, an interactive video requires students to engage in active learning. Through a combination of best practices and digital tools, interactive videos can provide students with focus, checkpoints along the way, and even an assessment over the content presented in the video. And this is backed up by research. According to John Hattie's research on the effects of digital technology, the use of interactive videos yields the highest impact in distance learning. So what are some ways you can take a linear video and make it interactive? Well, here's a few things you might wanna try. First, divide a video up into short, meaningful segments. And I think this especially applies to longer videos and videos that might rely on a lecture format. But breaking these up into shorter segments allows students to process the information in smaller chunks. Second, try inserting gener generative activities. This can include note-taking, uh, can include different forms of questions, but whatever form they take, they provide opportunities for the students to stop process, but also show what they've learned. Add formative assessments. These checks for understandings can give you as a teacher some data for you to determine if students are meeting the goals you set you know, for the video uh, and whether or not they are learning the content. You could also try providing context so the video, uh, so students aren't left wondering, why are we watching this? Right, for this final part of the podcast, just want to look at some best practices and uh, some more specific features and digital tools that can help you turn a linear video into an interactive video. Right, the first feature is called a pat list. This is a pay attention to list. Reinforcing your learning target and providing students with a list of items to look for 
while they're watching the video. And this can be accomplished through text, voiceover, or even additional video. So a couple of digital tools that help with this. One is Edpuzzle. Edpuzzle is accessible through the single sign-on portal. Uh, you get a free account with your Google sign-in. And Edpuzzle is a platform that lets you edit videos by inserting uh, different types of questions or comments. So for a pat list, uh, you could add a comment at the beginning with text that lets your students know what they need to look for as they watch the video. Edpuzzle also allows you to uh, record voiceover. So rather than typing it out, you could record your voice talking to your students, telling them, all right, as you watch this video, here are some things I would like you to look for as you watch. Timelinely is similar to Edpuzzle, uh, but it has an additional feature that actually allows you to record video and place it within the video that your students are going to watch. So for a pat list, you could record yourself from your computer and then place that video at the beginning of the video that you're about to show your students. Uh, a second feature is formative assessment. I know we talked, this, talked about this briefly in the previous segment, but again, inserting different types of questions throughout your video uh, to check your students' understanding. You know, these could be different types of questions. You could have objective questions like multiple choice. Uh, you could add um, open-ended questions. But a digital tool that would help with this, again, would be Edpuzzle because it does allow you to insert questions throughout the video in places that you choose. But you could also use another tool called Nearpod. Now, Nearpod doesn't allow you to put questions within the video, but you could follow up the video with a series of questions or other activities uh, to help you look at what students were able to pull from the video that they were watching. A third feature is student collaboration. Uh, you know, usually we think of a video, uh, especially in a remote setting where a student is just gonna watch it and then they're done. But you can have students collaborate or interact with each other. So find some places in the video, some planned points where you're gonna have students pause, and then you can use a number of digital tools to have them collaborate or interact. One of these tools is found within your Canvas course, and that is the discussion board. You can have students pause the video, go to the board, and there they'll find a prompt, and there they can reply and also see what other students are responding with as well. Uh, similar to a discussion board uh, is Padlet and Google Jamboard. There, students, again, will be able to see what other students are commenting about, you know, based on the prompt that you set from the video. Another feature you can try is self-assessment. Uh, using a poll function uh, to have students rate their understanding of the lesson target you set up for the video. Uh, this is similar to an exit ticket. Um, a fast and you know, simple way to include this uh, would be a Google form where you just have students you know, answer a couple of questions you know, about their understanding and just submit it where you can quickly look at results. Finally, you can add an extension. You know, again, the video doesn't have to be a self-contained activity that students you know, watch or participate in through other uh, features that you might include. Uh, you can follow up the video with uh, another feature that you know, supports some of the learning uh, that they got from the video. Uh, for example, using the digital tool of Nearpod again, once a video is over, you can send students to another website 
that you know supports the learning that they got from the video or extends it or transitions to the next topic. So planning those extensions is another feature that you can use. Now, if any of the tools that have been mentioned in here are ones that you are not familiar with, these are all readily available and many of them uh, contain online tutorials that walk you through step by step, uh, not only just how to get an account set up, but how to use the feature uh, within your lessons and specifically your videos. So I hope this gave you some good ideas about uh, turning some of those traditional linear videos into interactive ones uh, with some you know, ideas that you can implement right away. All right. Thanks for listening.